This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Welcome to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. And this is our February bonus episode. Yeah, you got the multi-ball on this one. Get all the extra (laughs) points. Uh, We are here live with the chat. Howdy chat. Uh, And then if you're not listening live, you missed out. That's all I have to say about that. All right, great. Uh, Chris in the chat asks, are you guys okay? <laughs> just want to give some people some background. I was on a train to and from New York today, and I finished this book 10 minutes ago. Oh, so. man. Sometimes we ride in hot, and it's... Sometimes we come in hot, and most of the time we have, um, what is it, like ed- editing, like a cushion, where like if we say something dumb or tired or dumb and tired, we can edit it out later. <laughs> Well, we can still do that for the general audience, but there will be a portion of people who will get the raw take. They'll know our dirt. Yes, that's true. (laughs) So we are talking about uh, Akata Witch by Nadia Korfor today. Um, It's a Patreon recommendation from Laura. Thank you, Laura. Um, Andrew, you read this book. I did read it. You did read this book, as you just said. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was published in 2011. It was... Published in 2013 in like the Euro markets and in among other places. Wait, um, the Euro market. I wait that got into is my that brain. What those are I was watching a YouTube video about this book and someone said mm-hmm. Euro markets. Um, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um, the Euro markets. That's what Brexit is about. Yes, it is about markets. the Euro markets. Um, in Nigeria, it was called "What Sunny Saw in the Flames" because, as I think. You probably discovered in the book the word akata is actually like it is an insult or at yes. least has mm-hmm. derogatory connotations yep. um, depending on who is saying it and to whom. So mm-hmm. I think for a general audience, especially in Nigeria, it was probably not uh, not everyone would have been okay seeing it on the cover of a book. It sounds well because like. it's a it is a. I don't know if it's if I if you go all the way to derogatory. It is a it is an unflattering way to refer to an African American. Yes, okay. If you're in Nigeria. Okay. Um yeah, and Nadia Corfor is this award-winning contemporary sci-fi fantasy author who is Nigerian American. She has used the term Nigerian, like all one word. Um uh, <laughs> I'm here for a portmanteau usually. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in in an interview with NPR, um, she says she uses it because it is one word. It's very much a part of my identity, she says, and it's also very much a reason why I think I end up writing science fiction and fantasy because I live on these borders. Um, so she is like, I don't think all of her books are about people who go between those two countries, but she go she went between those two countries growing up as a kid, um, and and factored heavily into her her uh, perspective. 
Um, her she was born in 1974, Cincinnati, Ohio. Andrew, represent. Yeah, what Procter and Gamble is. Is it the Buckeye <laughs> State? Is that what it is? Ohio. Yeah, yeah, it's one of that's one of them named after those tree nuts. Yeah, those poison tree nuts. Are they so poison? They, make, they well, yeah. I mean, you don't want to eat them. They make um, my grandma makes. And a lot, probably a lot of other grandmas make Buckeyes, <laughs> like candy Buckeyes, which are the like the peanut butter balls. Sure, sure. That have been dipped in chocolate, but not all the way. So they have a little circle on top, like a Buckeye. Okay. But yeah, if you go out into the woods and you eat a Buckeye that you picked up off the ground, I don't know if you'll die. Let me look up. Maybe you'd just have like a bad Buckeyes evening. Eat. Like you probably shouldn't eat. Like, does anybody eat crab apples? Like, I grew up in an area with lots of crab apples. You probably don't want to eat those. Doityourself.com has information about Buckeye nuts. Okay, um, this is this podcast took a turn. This is a good one. Some for, people use them as lucky charms. They, uh-huh. are, they are the symbol of Ohio State University. Yeah. Travelers to Ohio can often glimpse the nut hanging from windows, keychains, or even from the rear view mirrors in cars. However, people from the other states or other regions of the world might not know much about them. Read on for some basic information about Buckeye nuts and their various uses. Uh, Buckeye nuts are actually mildly toxic in their uncooked state, but you can eat them after removing them from your shell from their shells and roasting them. Okay. Okay. So it's not totally poisonous. I thought it was like, maybe it's like apple seeds that have like cyanide or arsenic or whatever. In what? Them. Yeah. You're not supposed to eat a lot of apple seeds. Oh my gosh. Olivia in the chat says Buckeyes are a Midwest delicacy. And Graham says I've sure eaten are. hundreds of crab apples. Am I going to die now? Well, back in the day before I was 33, I would go to town on a tin of the candy Buckeyes. <laughs> yeah. Not, not anymore though. No, not anymore because when I eat sugar, my tummy is like, are you sure? Maybe that's why you think okay. Buckeyes are poisonous. <laughs> um, so, uh, Okorafor's parents were uh, Nigerian and came to America. Um, her mom was known throughout Africa for the javelin and made the Olympic team. Uh, her dad was a hurdler, um, and they came and here. And she herself was also a track and yeah, 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 yeah. star of some renown, right? But she had... Um... She had pretty severe scoliosis that kept getting worse as she got older. And then um, when she was 19, she had some surgery to correct it. But um, there was a complication and she was paralyzed from the waist down. Um, that she, she after a lot of physical therapy, I believe she can walk again, but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, not she cannot compete athletically anymore. Yeah. And that led her into like story writing, I think, and into where she ended up going with her education. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, her because parents... she started writing her first short stories, I think that like the summer after that surgery went yes. bad. Yes, um, Yeah, her parents had moved here um, and then couldn't go back because of the Nigerian Civil War that happened in like the late 60s, early 70s. Um, but she did go back and forth as a kid after that had ended. Um, she studied at Michigan State and got her PhD from the University of Illinois. Um, and then in 2001, I think, was her first like breakout story. She got the Hurston Wright Award for a story called Amphibious Green and then published two YA books, Shadow Speaker and Zara the Wind Seeker. Amphibious Green is, if you translate the Muppet song It Ain't Easy Being Green into Japanese and then back again and you Google Translate. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Is that your Kermit the Frog? Can you do a no, Kermit the Frog? No, it definitely is not. I just like you didn't respond to the thing I said. Well, so I'm I didn't for you to have continue. anything else to say about Google Translate. <laughs> My God. Um, her first adult novel, uh, Who Fears Death, uh, won a couple of awards. It is also, I think, it's been optioned for a TV show with George R. R. Martin producing it. Great, good. George, go write a book. <laughs> I don't even read those books, and I want you to go write the book. He will do anything <laughs> not to write a book. Um, yeah, so you said adult novels, which I want to be clear yes. is not like adult bookstore. No, no, adult no, no, no. Novels. It's just she got her start in uh, in like children's and, and YA lit. And I know we've, we've talked about the distinctions between YA and a <laughs> and, and a. those aren't always like super useful distinctions but yes. that's that's that is what we have to live with is these marketing words yes they are marketing words more so than anything else um and then akata witch was 2011 back to uh ya and then in 2015 uh is when she started the binti trilogy which when this when we posted this on our schedule a number of folks mentioned that they had read the the binti books um and that won i believe the hugo and nebula for best novella um or is at least nominated for one and one the other um and it's about like a young woman who is selected to go to an intergalactic university and then is hijacked by some sort of alien squid or jellyfish species mm-hmm. and has to the same <laughs> then has to scientists say that they're the same definitely the same mm-hmm. and then she has to negotiate peace so like you know She's out there, Binti solving problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, um, I believe, 2017, the sequel to Akata Witch called Akata Warrior came yes. out. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and there is, if you buy the the ebook edition of Akata Witch now, like these days, you get like a preview chapter. I assume there was not a preview chapter of it eight years Several ago. Several years ago, original, probably yeah. not, no. Um, and then in 2011. She had won a World Fantasy Award and um, had written an essay about, I think I I remember this from another podcast we did. I don't remember which one it was. She penned an essay about the fact that the award for the World Fantasy Awards was a bust of H.P. Lovecraft. And she stood alongside a couple of other winners and other nominees who objected to the use of uh, noted racist or at least holder of racist views hp lovecraft to celebrate Mm -hmm. uh contemporary authors and after like four or five years they finally decided to change it over the very loud objections of the live lovecraft biographer who was like so weird he was of his time talk about busting lovecraft am i right am i right Mm -hmm. am i right yeah um, and yeah, that's about it. it. Recently, she has been uh working on some some of the Black Panther comics. She's like written a standalone comic based on um Shuri, who's the sister of what's the Black Panther's actual name? T- T'Challa. Is that his yeah, name? yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she's written a couple of those. So I was just like enjoying the part of the episode where you're going to be doing most of the time. <laughs> So I, I was at a spaced out a little bit. I was no, that's, at the chat. I'm that's sorry. fine. But yeah, T'Challa. T'Challa. Um, so yeah, she's gotten to write a couple of those, and it's cool that her that her um, 
that Who Fears Death has been picked up. Uh, that's what she won the World Fantasy Award for uh, several years ago. Um, yeah, I think we are coming to the close of the part where I can I can carry my own, unfortunately, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to tell me what is going on in Akata Witch? Sure, I'm going to do my best. Usually okay. I like to have a little bit more time to marinate in a book that I've finished before I talk about it, but we're just going to go for it. We've so, done it before, right. and most of um, our episodes are okay. <laughs> I think the last book I finished this close to when we were recording about it was probably like Infinite Chess. Oh my God. I remember the <laughs> frantic messages you were sending me as we were getting ready to record that. Um, I didn't get as many this time, so I think we'll be okay. Yeah, we'll be okay. Um, so Akata Witch yeah. starts with a prologue called The Candle. And uh, so we meet uh, our protagonist, Sunny, who is uh so she was born in america and then her parents moved back to nigeria so she is like uh like the author herself she is kind of straddling these two worlds and is an outsider in both and then she is additionally um albino so okay on top of the already like the, the cultural stuff that is already happening she looks white or like white passing i guess a little bit yeah um, yeah and that that further like emphasizes her otherness and then we're going to find out about some more otherness too later in the book okay but um in the prologue she is staring into a candle she's fascinated by candles um the uh power company in nigeria she says phc which she says um phc stands for power holding company of nigeria but people like to say it really stands for please hold candles in nigeria oh no <laughs> because they go out a lot okay okay um, so she's staring at a candle one night and she sees something in it and she leans in very close and closer and closer and closer. And then her hair catches on fire. Ooh. And that's the, uh, that's the first what? thing you get of Sunny in oh. Akata Witch. Gosh. <laughs> she sees something in a candle and she's so fascinated by it that her hair catches on fire. I don't think I've ever accidentally set myself on fire. Mm-hmm. I did have a friend set his shoe on fire once while we were burning pine needles in his backyard. Yeah, I think my sister said once that her cat accidentally set its tail a little bit on fire on a candle once. Oh, gosh. But he's fine. Everybody's (laughs) fine. (laughs) And no, Chris, in the chat, I've never on purpose set myself on fire um, yet. Not yet. Not yet. Still time. There's still time. Living or get busy dying, you know? Um, <laughs> you see why I confuse people? I'm Nigerian by blood, American by birth, and Nigerian again because I live here. I have West African features like my mother, but while the rest of my family is dark brown, I've got light yellow hair, skin like the color of, quote, sour milk, or so stupid people like to tell me, and hazel eyes that look like God ran out of the right color. Ooh. I'm albino. So the... Um, the uh, the albino thing factors into her life like before she figures out that she's magical. I'm going to spoil the book a little bit and tell you that she finds out that she's magical. Wait, what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she has to like carry around an umbrella all the time to protect herself from the sun. She is really she has uh, some brothers who are really into soccer, mm. or she calls it soccer because she is american enough to call it soccer even though most people around her would call it football or footy or footy i guess 
That's what you call it when you really Why would play you do the that? game. You call it footy. <laughs> I thought footy was a thing you played under the table with with a uh, with your bow. That's like footsie. A, like a da- like a dame you were fancy on. That's you know? footsie. Not to be confused with the tootsie, mm-hmm. which is maybe a dance or a candy. It's both. It can be both. <laughs> um, so she's having like she can't participate in footy then i imagine she no, she can't she can't do a lot of things she doesn't she doesn't have a lot of friends at school but um starting from when she sees this thing in this candle she you know things things start happening around her okay overdue the word association podcast <laughs> that's us somebody. yes and <laughs> that's what comedy is these are the jokes <laughs> so she um meets in pretty short order, three other kids. So she's around 12, and then these other kids are, you know, they, they are kids, though you don't always know exactly what age they are. Um, you meet Orlu and Chi-Chi and Sasha, who was also American and who lived there for uh, until, like, relatively recently and doesn't speak, like, Igbo or any of the other languages that, that people who live have lived in Nigeria for longer speak. Okay, so this is um, all in Nigeria. Like we don't, we don't spend any time with her in America. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and Sasha's got like he he is a little bit older, and then he also, um, he both ran up against good old homegrown American racism here in America, but also is like very protective of people who would would call him an Akata or like look down on. Uh, black American culture. So okay. that's that's an interesting um an interesting uh milieu, I guess. That's not the word that I want, but I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> These kids are all misfits in their way, and they all uh meet each other, and it turns out that they're all magical kids and that Wait, they're but what destined do you mean? to be in a coven together because they just that's just their powers complement each other. Okay, can you can you unpack the phrase um they're all magical kids a little bit? I think I explained it pretty good. Like how do they learn that they are magic? Does everyone accidentally set themselves on fire? Like what is the deal? So everybody's got, you know, they've they've got their own face. Not everybody. So so she finds out that she is a member of this like this group of magical folks called the they're called the leopard people okay um and this is to distinguish them from the muggle types who are called lambs okay so okay. it's more of like an animal metaphor than a made-up nonsense word metaphor. sure <laughs> um and yeah it, it, it it's kind of a thing so what what did you find about this book in Harry Potter? Like you said something about how this it was, book in marketing materials is yeah, compared to Harry I was Potter like, or what? Even in the like Amazon listing for this book, I'm just gonna pull up the Amazon listing for Akata Witch, and it says uh, affectionately dubbed the Nigerian Harry Potter, Akata Witch weaves together a heart pounding tale of magic, mystery, and finding one's place in the world. Multiple reviews that I read mention the Harry Potter connection, um, it being kind of YA, and it sounds like there's some sort of magic school invited some of those comparisons. So I was interested to, f- like, 
does it adhere to that formula? Do, it do, is there some other stuff going on? Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they like? When do they find out that they are magic? Like, it, and they are of the leopards rather than the lambs. Like, does that mean they go are taken away to some kind of special Hogwarts? Or it's actually explicitly not that. Like, they they have to. So especially, all right. So I mentioned Harry Potter. I don't want to oversimplify, it, and I feel like comparing any like YA fantasy magic book to Harry Potter is maybe the most like the easiest compare, like the most unearned comparison. Well, and there are other like <laughs> that you can make. There's other um, stuff like the Wizard of Earthsea by Le Guin that has like also has a big old magic school, and there's like a big old magic school in the Discworld book. So like. Harry yeah, Potter, but if you're writing this in Harry Potter in uh, 2011, yeah, you're not you're post not Harry Potter necessarily yes. thinking about Le Guin. You're you're always going to be, and this is something that sci-fi authors have complained about. But you're always going to get lumped in with uh, J.K. Rowling. So I am going to use Harry Potter for comparison points because it's just it's easy and it's convenient, sure. yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. it's going to hit the most uh, the most people. Um, so as in Harry Potter, um, like magical, like leopard. Ness is it, it, you can get it through your through your family like it can be passed down through your spirit line even though almost everybody or you know pretty much everybody has lamb blood in their in their spirit line somewhere okay um or you can be what sunny kind of is which is a uh, it's referred to as a free agent which just means that your mother is not magical your dad is not magical maybe you got it from further up in your spirit line but it's not a thing that you've immediately inherited and so you're i guess by your very nature not gonna be as immersed in this world or you're gonna come to it a little bit later and that's the deal that that sunny is is running into my only association Kirk asked with if you can get it from being bitten by a leopard and no those are were leopards and they're different <laughs> My only association with the phrase free agent is like baseball and sports and like signing, you know, like asking people to pay you millions of dollars to like Tell hit a ball more. with a stick. Tell me um, more about baseball. I assumed it was, a, it had a different connotation, but it doesn't appear to. It's just someone who is out there on their own working mm-hmm. independently, like you sure. and me, just trying to get by. Just trying to get by in this wild world, you know? So she, her parents are not magical then? Right. No. Okay. Um, and her, you know, her, so her grandmother is somebody on her, on her mother's side because you're, you're, you can get magic through your father's side, but I think usually the mother's side is, is more potent. Okay. Her grandmother is somebody who her mother doesn't want to talk about. Um, mm. It's it is strongly implied by other characters in the book that maybe her grandmother was magical and that's who she got it from. Um, but yeah, her, her parents are not magical. Her brothers are not magical. Her like aunts are not magical. She is kind of floating out on her own. So she, um, is she also the only albino in her family. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. Only, okay. only daughter, only albino. Okay. Um, Man, you guys in the chat are trolling me, and it's really not helping. <laughs> Graham, everyone keep mentioning Harry Potter until Andrew seamlessly starts summarizing the plot of Chamber of Secrets. Great, I will do that. Um, 
So other other people after she sees this thing in the in the candle, it's not a it's not like a thing where she becomes magical like a like a Harry Potter situation. I mean, I guess you're always magical if you're magical in Harry Potter, but like at age 10 or 11 or whatever it is, a big giant destroys your house <laughs> and tells you that you're going to wizard school. Or or it's not <laughs> like that's... it's not like Buffy where all of a sudden you hit puberty and you are told by a, a weird librarian that you have magic vampire fighting powers. That's not how Buffy works, when, but there's only one Slayer and she has a Watcher who helps her and when one Slayer dies, another one awakens. It's, but Jesus. tell me about the Akata Witch. <laughs> Stop asking me about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> um... How do the other kids find out their magic? Like, what is the that other kids about? like? So, w- when you have magical parents, you just kind of know that you're magical. Oh, um, okay. But yeah, okay. So now I remember the question that started me down this whole thing. You asked if there is a like a wizard school they get they get whisked off to, and then they're not part of like everyday lamb yes. life anymore. Explicitly not. And oh, for okay. people like Sunny who have like lambs in their family. I mean, a lot of uh, lepers are married to lambs. Um, you cannot, you're not allowed to like let them know. It's a little, and again, a little bit like Harry Potter, how whenever you cast a spell, some bureaucrat from the government's always coming <laughs> into your house to tell you what to do. There is a, uh, there is a bit in the book after Sunny has started to learn about who she is, where she shows her spirit face to a lamb. And so you, so everybody has like, they have their own face and their own name, but they also have a spirit face, which looks kind of like a, like a ceremonial mask. Okay. Okay. Um, they, it's still like recognizably the person's face, but it is, um, it's, it's exaggerated and painted and, and, and that kind of thing. So, um, seeing somebody with their their spirit face on actually is kind of equated with seeing them naked like it's a it's a very like private intimate thing actually huh um but so so sunny shows her spirit face to a girl at at school who is like beating up on her and she gets hauled in front of like the magical authorities to get yelled at for exposing herself to a lamb but you still have to you still have to live like lamb life Sunny is learning magic from a from a tutor and from her friends. Um, it's called Juju in the book. Um, we can talk a little bit about this because our brand is discussing magic systems and then seeing which Final Fantasy game it's the most similar to. That is correct. I will have questions. <laughs> um, but so she is going to like after school magic club. Like yeah, and so okay. she she explicitly has to keep doing regular school and magic school and every, and she's like where does everybody find the time it's just like i don't know man just do it early and try to go to bed early because you have to you have to keep living your lamb life so good luck i guess okay what are the, like the pressures of living you say like so these kids the couple of kids she's doing it with they are leopards like they and their family knows what's up is yeah. she hiding it from her family yeah she she has to so one of the first um all right, let's talk about Juju. Great. Don't let me like put your put a bookmark in this conversation thing because I am sure that I'm gonna have trouble remembering what we were talking about three minutes ago. Okay. In, in three minutes. Great. Um, Juju is so it's more like D and D magic than like Harry Potter magic. Harry Potter magic is you take your wand, and there are like three like a total of three words that you can yell, and those are all the spells that there are that exist. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> 
Well, and like um, some magic might be like potions or like a a magical ceremony or something. Right, right. Okay. But um Juju is more D and D ish in that there are a lot of spells. Spells have different like that there are a total of four different difficulty levels or like experience levels. Um you need to take tests to pass them. Most people do not get past level three. Okay. Um it's not that you it's not that you can't cast higher level magic than than you know the level that you have earned, but typically there's a pretty good reason why like a level three juju thing is a level three thing. Okay. Um so so yeah, it's 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 D and D ish because there are there are like things you can draw, there are like consumable ingredients. So um the their very first spell that Sunny sort of does by herself is um this thing that is going to help her sneak out of her house at night so she can go do magic school without letting her parents or her brothers know. Cool. Cool. Um, and so she, you know, she gets the, the head of a lamb and some other like bait, some palm oil and some other basic ingredients. And she puts them together and she, she put, you know, she puts them together in the right way. She says whatever word she needs to say. And that's, that's one interesting thing is that the language like there is a your native language is what you speak. So like some people speak in Igbo and some people speak in English and then and um like Sasha knows Arabic and, and uses that sometimes. Like it's it's uh Oh, so it's like not whatever like, you not, it's not everybody's is. using like fake stupid Latin that JK Rowling made up. Yeah, that's interesting. That's cool that it's like whatever is natural to you is tied to the magic because you are magic. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um um, and then, yeah. And then the other, the other component of it is that, um, some people are just natively better at stuff than others. So this, this spell that, um, that Sunny is working on is going to help her pass through doors without making noise. Like she's just going to pass through them. And one reason why this comes so easily to her is actually tied to her being an albino. So just as she is like paler than she is supposed to be. She is ghost-like in that she can kind of bridge the gap between like the real light, like the real world and the spirit world or the afterlife. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. Sure. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> no. Just, Olivia says fake stupid Latin is what I'm calling every language I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, I like that. That's what all the romance languages are. It's just fake, stupid, dumb Latin that some Italian guy made up. That's true. That's true. Um, so she's so, passing yes. through doors. Yeah, she's passing through doors. And um, another another aspect of the magic system that's that's kind of cool is so you know how in Harry Potter, how stuff is magical and people can magic stuff, but also there's still capitalism and old money and poverty and stuff. Yeah, it's still England. It's still England and it's still capitalism. But in so in Leopard Society, there are of course people who pursue material goods and they're kind of looked down upon a little bit but um the the primary way that you earn like wizard money in <laughs> akata the akata witch verse you gotta have like three currencies in your game to make any money these days so you gotta have like regular <laughs> money and wizard money and magic mm-hmm. bucks and magic like you can bucks. earn wizard money by playing the game but you can pay real money to get more wizard bucks right it's all microtransactions yes that's no. true 
in a, in leopard society, learning is is valued above all, like to to the point where it literally like money materializes out of thin air and falls all around your feet whenever you like do a new spell that you've never done before. Oh, my God. God, I love it. That's so cool. <laughs> so Sunny does this this like passing through the keyhole like door spell and she's out on the other side of the door but then a bunch of like money rains down on the floor and she's like, "Uh-oh. <laughs> Am I oh, going to wake man. people up anyway?" That's so great. So that's kind of cool. Um uh and it's worth- it's a way that um that the book uses to to drive home when someone has done something new or done something like particularly noteworthy is it makes money rain down on them. And you know, the quantity changes based on the thing that you are, you are doing. That's cool. Yeah. Um, a couple of people referenced this in the chat. Juju is also used in, uh, like in North America because it came over during the Atlantic slave trade as like a general term for, a couple of different African religions and witchcraft in West Africa. I think the Igbo, the traditional like Igbo religious practices are put under the term Odinani. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that that's used in this book. I think it sounds like she kind of adapted what she needed to into Juju, into a magic system. You know, that honestly, that word might appear in this book. And I just, I, I didn't. I know there's a character. There's like, so like, I do want to ask about like plot wise, if there's like, a big bad kind of Voldemorty thing because I yeah, know th- there Quinsu... is, and that that's going to be probably the uh, least flattering stuff I have to say about the the book. Okay. So like, let's make it through all the other stuff first. Sure, but, sure, sure. Um, so yeah. we'll come back with that. I did want the my earlier question for you before we got into the magic system was: Is she she's keeping all of this for from her parents? Right? Like, how is yeah. that going? Well, I mean, her dad sucks anyway because <laughs> okay. he's. He didn't want to move back to Nigeria in the first place, and he has chosen to, I don't know, part, partly because he didn't didn't want to and partly because she is a girl. Like, he is just not, he's not good at handling her, and he's always hitting her, and it just, he's just, it just is bad. Hmm. And at the very end of the book, when you get the, well, he didn't want to move back to Nigeria thing, like, that's... I I think it is purposeful that you get that like a bare minimum justification for his actions because it's actually like not a good justification and it is, I don't know it just sucks. it it is human it it sounds like it's humanizing in a way that still reflects poorly on him yeah like it is like an understandable reason but like yo you could have brought that up or you just like could be dealing with this better my dude yeah like, don't be such a jerk sure um, sure. So th- there, yeah. go ahead. No, it just when we talk about the end of the book, she does end up having a discussion with her mother about things, but still, and partly because there is like a, a spell involved that keeps her from sharing information about this stuff with oh. with, with other people directly. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, she she still has to very much like keep her her magical life and her regular life does separate. She, does she have any like? special relationship with her mom being the only girl like Gabby mentioned in the chat just now like Sonny's dad also doesn't like her because she's a girl which I think you mentioned passing earlier like yeah yeah, yeah. does she bond with her mom at all is it kind of tough that she can't tell her 
all this stuff. I mean, her her mom just worries about her all the time. Like they they don't. Her parents are not in the book too much, except as like an obstacle to to be to be worked around. Okay. Um, ex- except until the very end. But yeah, like Sunny Sunny's mom comes across as probably too overprotective. But you don't get a lot else from her, and then her dad just sucks the whole time. And we're getting we're getting <laughs> lots of uh, people in the chat backing up that he sucks. He's, so. a, he's a real stinko. Um, he's a real stinko. He's a real stinko head. So what is the this like? We've talked a little bit about how it like maps to magical kid YA and like Harry Potter as an example. What is the like hero's journey of this book? Like she learns that she's magic. These kids are learning about magic. Is there a big problem in the world of the book? Um, there is, but let's let's talk about hero's journey and 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 so the reason I don't want to talk about a big bad until the end is because the book doesn't talk about the big bad till the end. Okay, sure, sure, sure. You get the you get the name of the big bad, uh, like demon monster, uh, like eighty five percent of the way into wow, the book for late. the first time. <laughs> okay. You you have heard of the other like the the mini boss, I guess that they're they're going after before <laughs> sure. that, but most of the book is about these four kids like they they all pick up a tutor, you get to see different sides of all their personalities and how they um how they like befriend with befriend each other and earn each other's respect and compliment each other. Um and then uh, because Sunny is still your your protagonist, you get stuff about. So now that she's magical, for example, the sun does not bother her anymore. And so there is actually a very oh. Quidditch like soccer game, uh, like two thirds of the way through the book, where she, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, girl can't play soccer," uh, blah blah blah. And and Sasha, who up until this point has been kind of a like a hard head bad boy kind of character <laughs> like sticks up for her and and you know he's he's seen her play with her brothers a little bit and and knows what she can do and then there's this this whole big game where they actually lose uh three to four which is a very high scoring soccer game that's isn't a it? very high scoring <laughs> soccer game <laughs> it sounds like it's like a rocky story if they lose yeah <laughs> um but yeah, they, they they do lose, but she is like one, all the kids on the other team are like 17, 18 years old. They're all like really big boys and they use their, they throw their big old beefy bodies around. And so it's just not as impressive as Sonny's like surgical Super Mario Strikers Heck yes. kicks. Okay. <laughs> um, so they, they lose three to four, but they, they kick in like they get a goal at kind of the last minute to to bring it up from two to four and they are just having so much fun and they're working together as a team and they are like more excited by their loss than the other team is by their win and the book really drives us home because the losing green team gets more magic experience money Yes. For losing than the white team yes. did for winning because they just they want they they wanted it more I guess. Oh my god, I love the <laughs> I love what this book's whole like experience system. I like yeah, I really do like, and that makes more that makes more sense right than 
like a goblin carrying a bunch of gold around, right? Like why would this goblin have all this gold? Or Correct. like like a like a evil squirrel or something having a bunch of gold. You would I like I... it better if the money like if you retcon all the Final Fantasy games so the money's just raining out of the air to celebrate <laughs> the cool thing you just did. Well, and you and I, Andrew, we have played D&D together. We have not yet played um, any of the Powered by the Apocalypse games, the the Apocalypse World games, mm-hmm. um, which I think if any, any of our listeners listen to the Adventure Zone, they're playing a version of that right now which, where if you roll a failure, you get experience because it's like, narratively meant to reward you for like messing up mm-hmm. um well because that's how you get experience in real life right is by yeah. making a giant mess of everything it's that i mean i that's the only reason our podcast has gotten any better since we started doing it theoretically it's i'm gonna be a, a great bunch of bad ones someday because i keep mess i messed up some bread last over the weekend it was real bad mm-hmm. this is bad bread um so what is the like so they they lose this soccer game She's becoming a soccer hero of some kind. She's not becoming a soccer hero. There's this, like they're out in Magic Land in Abuja, uh, and they are hanging out and having a good time. And Sunny is like coming into her own. Like she she is being paid attention in a positive way for like the first time in her life. Okay, that's cool. That sounds good. Um. So yeah, uh, you, you get a you get a lot of of the four of them just just hanging out and, and learning stuff. And Sunny still feels like an an outcast because she is very much in the the like the the Harry position, I guess. Where I mean, she she is better than Harry because she actually studies and does her own work instead of letting one of her friends do it all for her and just kind of coasting. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's more like the Harry and Ron relationship where Ron has been a magic boy his whole life. And so he, he kind of knows he has a better grounding in the basics of how stuff works. And yeah, Sonny, Sonny does not have that. Well, all the, all the other kids pretty much do. That seems to be an established trope of the, the magic school device where like the main character is usually the fish out of water who is like, wait, there's magic. Wait, there's a magic school. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. And then they immediately make a friend or a rival or a teacher who Who's has just to, there like, to like dump paragraphs of context into their ear all the, the yes. whole time. I don't, it, I don't think it's ever quite that bad. Like you, you do get a lot of it, but it feels pretty organic. Sure. No, I mean, that's, that's better than it could be for sure. Um, so yeah, so they are going through their living lives. They're being preteens, early teens. Yeah, and but in the background of this, there is this. Um, there's a serial killer named Black Hat. Uh oh. Who for many weeks has been targeting and either killing or very close to killing kids. Uh oh. Um, and so, so you're getting headlines about that in the paper. That that is part of why Sonny's mother is worried so much about her, like going out and doing stuff, is she doesn't want her to get caught up in this, this like black hat guy's deal. Makes sense. Um, and it is told to Sonny. Um, so Sonny goes. All right, Sonny shows her magic face to a lamb. Sonny goes to magic. City Hall 
could get punished for this thing that she did. And she meets this woman named Sweet Cream, I think is her name. Sugar Cream, Sugar Cream. Sugar Cream, Sugar Cream, Sugar Cream. Um, there's a character in Steven Universe named Sour Cream. And so I got my cream <laughs> names mixed up, if you can believe it. Um, and Sugar Cream sort of informs her. So, so all the other kids have picked up a, a kind of mentor at this at this point who is going to help them like rise through the ranks at magic school. And Sunny does not have one yet. And um, and Sugar Cream, like it, it had been planned that in a couple of weeks, like Sunny and Sugar Cream would meet and it would probably like they would be set up and it would be fine. But because Sunny did a bad, she broke a magic law early. This is how they're meeting instead, which is not great. Mm. Um, and I believe it is sugar cream who informs Sonny like, Hey, it's either, it's either sugar cream or, or one of the other tutors. But at, at some point these, these four kids are told, Hey, you guys as this, like as this coven and like, you can't just form a coven. Like it's just kind of a thing that happens. It's a, it's a thing where people like multiple people who are attuned to and complement one another like fit together. It's it's you can't start a coven like you would start a garage band. Is it um always like four of them or is it it can be whatever, but like this is the group. I don't know that it's always explicitly four. Um, okay. Okay. But it is it's four in this case. Sure. Um but it, it is like strongly about them like they are connected and they fit well together. And they're and also and they're pros- prophesied to do this this thing. Sure, not, not oh, even okay. prophesied, but the the authority figures in the book know that they are going to go and fight against Black Hat and get them to stop doing this stuff. Great. Okay. Okay. And this is this this was the frustrating bit of the book for me is because. I'm not sure if it was if it was planned as the first book in in a series of books, but it feels like it feels like it wasn't. And then they had to like cram in like a big bad and, and a bunch of stuff kind of at the end. Whereas if it had been a, like a planned trilogy or something, I think you could have planned a more organic ending than it than it has but what you get basically is kids hanging out and being kids for like 80 percent of a book and they Mm -hmm. know that they are gonna have to do this thing eventually but it is not until like the last couple of chapters really like there's this there's this rainstorm during the dry season that lasts for a week and then all four of them are called into magic hq and told, hey, it's time. These kids have been kidnapped, and it's your mission, if you choose to accept it, to go and rescue the kids from Black Hat and defeat him. Because it turns out that Black Hat is trying to summon a like an eldritch horror. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, there are these there are these um I don't even want to say monsters, but there are the, there are these beings called uh, masquerades that you can kind of summon. As yeah. a as a leopard, and Chi Chi actually summons a lesser one a little bit earlier in the book. So it so the book is building you toward like masquerades being kind of an otherworldly evil thing a little bit early. Okay, but we finally get yeah eighty six percent of the way through the book we get this name Equinsu. Equinsu, yeah, mm-hmm. um, 
And that she is, a, is, yeah, she is what Satan is to the Christians, Chi Chi said, but more real, more tangible. She's not a metaphor or symbol. She's one of the most powerful masquerades in the wilderness. If she comes through, if Black Hat succeeds, think of what you saw in that candle. Now see that controlled by some demented super monster that no person or thing can stop. Hmm. And so, like, what do you, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was not that long ago that I was just looking at the soccer game and being like, wow, I hope she, I hope this girl can come into her own as a young woman. Like, that would be cool. And then right here at the end of this book, you're going to up the stakes by saying, oh, well, there's like a world ending monster that you guys need to go take care of. So can you like go do that? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking to like... It doesn't sound like there are earlier moments in the book where it's like, this is a world with big bads. This is a... Because like, the thing with Harry Potter is like, he's the boy who lived. The, the because evil the monster bad guy tried, tried to kill him. Yeah. yeah. And then the rest of that first book is like, is the bad guy going to come back or not? Um, and this is... It sounds like much more about like her experience as a young woman who is between two countries learning about herself, learning that she's magic, and then, oh, wait, yes, we probably should have, like, a big bad. Is that kind of what you're responding to? Yeah, like, it, it's P.S. we should have a big bad, and also you kids are the only ones who can take care of it, and also, like, it's not really adequately explained why the grown-ups can't take care of this. Like, it is, it is said that Black Hat underestimates kids, but I feel like the experience of being a level four wizard would <laughs> outweigh like momentarily surprising somebody by sending kids. Do you yeah, know I, mean? I don't know. I'm thinking if there's like a, I'm, I don't know why I was just reminded of like Naruto, which is a, you know, it's an anime. I don't know anything about Naruto. So if you're going to make like a long Naruto, Nar- Nar- Naruto <laughs> thing. You're on your own. It's mostly just that, like, for the bulk of the original run of Naruto, it's a bunch of, like, preteens displaying incredible power. And part of it is that they don't have anything, like, holding them back. Mm-hmm. And they are surprising the adults who are trying to, you know, kill them. Now, of course, yeah. there are always more powerful adults because it is an anime cartoon, and that's just how things go. Uh,. But what are you going to do? <laughs> so Olivia asks, so basically the kids are bait. And that's that's the thing is not they're not even bait. Like they are legitimately set up as the only people who can do anything about this. Huh. Which is wild to me. Is and that inherent in the magic system in any way? Or is it just the the particulars of, I guess, this plot and this? I mean, they, they so they do have they have something special because they are a coven. Okay, and they are they friendship, are, et cetera. Yeah, they are like the only like if <laughs> if you're if you're starting out on the level one island where you have to do the like early tutorial quests before you can go off and do real quests, they're the only coven who has ever shown up on this particular like prologue island that they that sure they all come okay up on. yeah okay. Um, there, there is something special about them, but they are also still just kids. Like they, they do show signs of having special, unique powers that do come into play in this like final confrontation. Okay, but they are also 
you know, they're also headstrong and stupid and they do stuff that they're not ready for. And, and yeah, they're kids. They're kids being kids. I don't know what else to say. They're like teens. Yeah. yeah well, I was going to like, the book does a really, really good job establishing them as teens and then yes. asks you at the last minute to, to believe that they are better suited than the adults to handle this, this dude. Yes. Okay. Okay. I was going to ask about the like why anus of the book. Because... You can't say that. You can't say oh, it like that. I did it again. <laughs> um, the the young adult you mark an experience. Point, the please? young adult novelness of the book, um, in that like it centers the kids as the main characters. It centers them as like. It, it centers their lived experience as kids, which if it is for a young reader, like that can be ex- especially potent. So like, are there other moments in the book that stick out to you as like, hey, these are kids and like, that's cool. It's like this depiction is cool or it is like a, a powerful moment in like middle school, early high school life. There's a little bit of romance going around that feels oh, very teenish. Okay, teen. okay. Um, sure. Then the and then the only other thing that really marks them out as as special in any particular way or as like specially suited to face down this threat is that Sonny's grandmother was killed by Black Hat, who was a student of hers. Well, there you go. So there's, I mean, that's that's also a thing. It just doesn't. It comes it comes in so quickly, and this is you know the the people in the in the chat who have also read the book i think are are generally agreeing that the, it just it sneaks up on you and it doesn't get the same space as the rest of the stuff that the book does well like the system is cool i think all these all the characters are pretty good all of their you know th- their team feels earned like it, it okay it's it's believable that they would all be that you know there are these kids from these different backgrounds and different ages and different you know, some of them were in different countries and some of them knew that they were magical and some of them didn't like it, it does a good job building all this stuff together. And then right at the end, you get this like one chapter confrontation with an evil world ending demon where the demon actually is vanquished. I mean, and, and it's it's kind of a like a the end question mark thing where they say, well, it'll be easy for this demon to come through again the next time because she's been summoned already. But it's very it's very pat. Okay. Yeah. In a way that just wasn't the ending didn't satisfy me as much as maybe like the first two thirds of, of the book did. Sure. It felt like Yeah, I mean, and when we've complained about this with other trilogies that that we've read, like we we talked about the Fifty Shades series just for, for <laughs> Whoa. instance. Left turn. As things Uh-oh. that like it felt it felt like they had kind of artificial conflicts inserted so you could break up like a giant fan fiction into three different volumes yeah okay um, like the 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 Harry Potter books every book for a while ends with this big like confrontation with Voldemort that like gives the whole rest of the book shape but then you get to like book 5 or 6 and that like it doesn't really make sense to structure the book anymore. And I think it, it weakens each book as like an individual story. It's just, yeah, it's, it's trying to have it both ways. Like it, it is trying to 
leave the door open for other stuff while also being its own like standalone thing and it just doesn't it doesn't work i'm trying to think of the i'm trying to think of the name of that brandon sanderson the mistborn book that i read um maybe is it just called mistborn i don't remember what that first book is called are you just trying uh, i'll look it up okay um siri mistborn that was called name it was it did a good job of like Mistborn a, the Final Empire, though people just tend to call it Mistborn or yes. Mistborn One. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's what I thought. Um That's my that, favorite book, Mistborn One. <laughs> that one did a decent job of like this is part of a larger universe, but I've got enough history to give you this big bad that's throughout the entire book. And by the end of it, we're gonna kill him and then who knows what could happen next, but you care enough about the characters to to want to know. So, like, do you still want to know what else could happen to these people? And, like, you could see them growing in their friendships and, like, as magic kids? Yeah, I do. I just wish that... They, I mean, they already... They've set up through the entire book. You've got, like, Black Hat going and doing stuff. And I feel like they could have just... She she could have just leaned on Black Hat as the baddie for this book and then left the door open to this other like world ending horror thing. And instead, what we've got is a thing where Black Hat is dis- dispatched relatively easily. And then the world ending demon also is dispatched relatively easily. Like, OK, it, it, it feels very it feels easy. OK. And that and, and Tysophene and and uh Gabby, have you been calling her Gabby? Gabby, yeah. Gabby, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've they've both been saying in the chat, yeah, that that that's that's part of what feels unsatisfying. Is okay. you can't you can't tell me that this this masquerade can come through and and end the whole world and then have a teen deal with it in five pages. It just doesn't feel great. Because it sounds like she has faced pretty sizable obstacles throughout the book. And then to have this one be pretty, like, easy is unsatisfying. Um, well, the, the obstacles in the rest of the book are just teen obstacles. Yeah, they're well, not, that's what I mean. They're, but they're, yeah, like... They're not set up as as those, the, the big, like, cataclysmic obstacles so yeah. much. Well, I mean, have you ever met a teen? Like, sometimes finding the right shirt is a cataclysmic obstacle. <laughs> just My, the cheat shirt is dirty, but I wanted to wear it to school today. <laughs> Now what? Mom, these now are I my wear only... my Weezer concert shirt. These are my only good jeans. It's Friday, good jean day. Um, Andrew, if you were going to design a magic school, what would the hallmark of your magic school be? I this one is interesting in that it's like kind of an after school secret tutoring program. Um. What would Andrew's school of magic, what would the like calling card be? Listen, I just, I think that I would have like a magical Votech school. Ooh. There are cars in Akata Witch <laughs> that run on Juju. Ooh. And somebody got to make the magic toilets work, you know? I, I do know. That's I feel cool. like you can't, you just can't have, you, these prestigious like private magic schools that exist in Harry Potter or whatever they they're just they're they're paying attention to this like ivory tower thing while yes. not paying attention to 
the stuff that really matters to to you know everyday working people yeah, in like, the world. Does it matter if you go to like liberal magic arts school if you can't get a job afterwards in the yeah. knowledge economy? Like get yeah. a real magic skill. And I'm not saying, you know, water down liberal arts magic school to make it all about potions. Yeah. Because that's like perceived as the more practical field. I'm just saying have something more career oriented mm-hmm. that can get people ready to go it, like more directly and in a shorter amount of time. Sure. And let's not like look down our noses on that because it's important. It is. Yeah. You know, we need people at every part of the economy. Yeah. I think my magic school would be all magic sports. You know how every magic school has its own magic sport? Mine would be only magic sports. And it would be like magic versions of real sports. So, so you like, would, are you saying like you would be like a Big Ten yes. school that's kind of a college built around a really good like magical Quidditch program or something? Well, but no, but we would we would practice like multiple sports. So like, yes, we'd have to have Quidditch because like you got to get those British, those rich British students in. But then you'd also have like magic wrestling. Uh, we have a really good magic wrestling program and magic basketball. Uh probably magic tennis so what i want to know is are you trying every are you trying to compete against other magical like tennis and and football schools or are you fronting and pretending that you are a lamb slash muggle sports school but your team uses magic in subtle ways to be really good and beat everybody i am not as nefarious as to entertain the second though i think that might make for a better book i like the idea that we are magic everyone knows it and there's like you know how the ncaa has like division one two and three and then there'd be a magic division so let's say that i do know that yes so like you can argue (laughs) you can compete with schools outside your division but it doesn't count for your record so like my school we'd still play you know penn state in football and we wouldn't be able to use magic but then we'd still play like magic state in football and mm, that's and the, no, no and the, sorry that's the name of my school is magic state magic and we'd, state, we'd play sure. magic U in the big football game uh, uh we'd use in all the, of our in the dragon powers. bowl the dragon bowl <laughs> brought to you by tostitos <laughs> brought to you by birdie bots every flavor beans <laughs> Okay, I think that's probably gonna do it for the I think show. We did it? I think we did a whole podcast. We did do a whole podcast. Thanks for everybody hanging out in the chat. And uh, Andrew, thanks for telling me about this cool book. You're welcome. A lot, a lot of people. In the chat is really interested in our ideas about like a STEM magic school and a vocational magic school. Hey, Nick there's... wants to know who cleans the ponds they use for the Goblet of Fire tasks. It's a good um, question. People are interested. Uh, Tysavine has pitched a magical vet school. Oh, that would be interesting. That would be you great. Got, you've got dragons. You've got like Griffins. books that are alive. You've got all kinds of stuff. Ooh, I dig it. I dig it. Kirk says a magic MBA. It still sucks. Yep, that's true. Okay. <laughs> um, we are. We have been mentioning uh, some of our illustrious Patreon donors who've been supporting us. More on that in a second. If you have any thoughts about Akata Witch that you want to share with us, um, or Akata Warrior, the sequel, maybe you've read that, send them into overduepod at gmail.com or hit us up online at twitter.com slash overduepod or facebook.com slash overduepod. 
Andrew, folks want to know more about that show, this show, where should they go? They should go to OverduePodcast.com, which is an internet website. Um, up there, you got links to iTunes, Google Play, and RSS. You can subscribe to the show. You guys know all this stuff already. Um, we also have a Patreon project. Everybody who's in the chat chilling with us is one of our Patreon supporters. So technically, they're better than you. And are you going <laughs> to let somebody tell you that they're better than you is the challenge that I have for you today. What's the web address for Patreon? Patreon.com slash overdue pot, of course. Okay, sure. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else? We're going to have our March schedule up super soon. I think it's a good one. There's one, uh, actually, uh, a surprise book yep. that you, Look won't, forward to uh, it. You, you won't know about until... Until you get the episode. Until you get the episode. Um, and if but if you're listening to this on the main feed, you will probably have also downloaded our Joe Hill Nosferatu episode. Go back and check that out if you have not uh, already. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us. And for people who didn't hang out with us, you're fine, too. Thanks for listening after the fact. And uh, we'll, we'll be back real soon. Until we talk to you again, though, try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.